Machiavelli was a 16th century Florentine political thinker with powerful advice for nice people who don't get very far. His thought pivots around a central, uncomfortable observation that the wicked tend to win, and they do so because they have a huge advantage over the good. They are willing to act with the darkest ingenuity and cunning to further their cause. They are not held back by those rigid opponents of change, principles. They will be prepared to outright lie, twist facts, threaten or get violent. They will also, when the situation demands it, know how to seductively deceive, use charm and honeyed words, bedazzle and distract. And in this way, they conquer the world. It's routinely assumed that a large part of what it means to be a good person is that one acts well. One doesn't only have good ends, one is committed to good means. So, if one wants a more serious world, one needs to win people over through serious argument, not clickbait. If one wants a fairer world, one has to judiciously and gently try to persuade the agents of injustice to surrender willingly, not through intimidation. And if one wants people to be kind, one must show kindness to one's enemies, not ruthlessness. It sounds splendid, but Machiavelli couldn't overlook an incontrovertible problem. It doesn't work. As he looked back over the history of Florence and the Italian states more generally, he observed that nice princes, statesmen and merchants always come unstuck. That's why he wrote the book for which we know him today, The Prince, a short, dazzling manual of advice for well-disposed princes on how not to finish last. And the answer, in short, was to be nice as one wished, but never to be overly devoted to acting nicely, and indeed to know how to borrow, when need be, every single trick employed by the most cynical, dastardly, unscrupulous and nastiest people who have ever lived. Machiavelli knew where our counterproductive obsession with acting nicely originated. The West was brought up on the Christian story of Jesus of Nazareth, the very nice man from Galilee who always treated people well and wound up as the king of kings and the ruler of eternity. But Machiavelli pointed out one inconvenient detail to this sentimental tale of the triumph of goodness through meekness. From a practical perspective, Jesus' life was an outright disaster. This gentle soul was trampled upon and humiliated, disregarded and mocked, Judged in his lifetime and outside of any divine assistance, he was one of history's greatest losers. The clue to being effective lies in overcoming all vestiges of this story. The prince was not, as is often thought, a guide to being a tyrant. It's a guide about what nice people should learn from tyrants. It's a book about how to be effective, not just good. It's a book haunted by examples of the impotence of the pure. The admirable prince, and today we might add CEO, political activist or thinker, should learn every lesson from the slickest, most devious operators around. They should know how to scare and intimidate, Ooh. cajole and bully, Ooh. entrap and beguile. Wait, let, the let good it go politician needs to learn from the bad one, the earnest entrepreneur from the slick one. We are all ultimately the sum of what we achieve, not what we intend. If we care about wisdom, kindness, seriousness and virtue, but only ever act wisely, kindly, seriously and virtuously, we will, Machiavelli warns us, get nowhere. We need to learn lessons from an wow. unexpected Wow, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason, back in a building with another slapper. <laughs>
The man said, according to the Machiavellian book written by Nikolai Machiavelli, that Jesus' life was a disaster because Jesus was teaching high-level principles, right? Overcoming the toxicity of the society in which you're from. You've heard me say it damn near every show. It is no measure of health to be fully integrated into a toxic society. Machiavelli was the Robert Greene of his time. Robert Greene is the author of the 48 Laws of Power. Machiavelli wrote the prince for princes to stay in power. And typically, the, royal, the royals, they saw the paupers as subjects. Nothing serious unless they exhibited some type of talent. Now apply that to intimate relationships. My God. Just like back in Machiavelli's time or back in Christ's time, being a good person got you nowhere. It got you on the cross. It got you crucified. And in many relationships, you are being crucified, not because you're a nice person, but for several reasons. One, you might be a bad person faking like a nice person. Or two, you may really be a nice person dealing with a toxic person who doesn't recognize nicety as something of value. Oh, Lord. Huh? Many devils wear a nice mask. I've met some devils who speak like the person in the video just really broke down. They use honeyed words, sweet to the taste, but foul in the belly. And in a society like America, you got people putting out lists. Somebody sent me this earlier tonight. A sister said there's a coalition of women who put together of places not to take them. As if we don't live in the greatest wealth disparity, you know, the, the greatest wealth difference in the history of mankind. Only a few people have real wealth. Not a lot of people got a lot of wealth. So you're going to make an entire list of places that are beneath you? Totally socially blind to what's going on. Wealth gap is upside down and can only be fixed through legislation. This is why you got so many groups out there, so many people out there yelling and begging and clamoring for reparations. Why would we need reparations? Well, if you're at the bottom of every societal statistical category, then reparations make sense, right? Well, during this time, you want to come out and say, we're not going to these restaurants because we're too pretty. It is no measure of health to be fully integrated into a toxic society. So nice has become toxic. A lot of brothers 
will use nicety. Yeah, quote-unquote chivalry. I'm a gentleman. No, you're not. You're an actor. You're performing. You're performing nice. And nice, for many people, is an investment. Sisters, how many times have you heard a brother say, but wasn't I nice to you? I was nice to you. That's them saying, when does my niceness get paid back? That's because you're not really nice. You're a nice investor. Tonight's topic, Mr. Pushover. The dark side of being overly nice. Do most women despise the nice guy? If so, why? I want to know. Why do some women take advantage of genuinely nice men? Are they the Jesus in the relationship? Is she Pontius Pilate? 1-800-920-15. Tonight's going to be crazy. Woo! I need y'all to call me, call me, call me, call me. 1-800-920-1580. The voice of reason definitely on fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the VOR live from KBLA Talk 1580. Tonight's topic, Mr. Pushover, the dark side of being Mr. Nice Guy. People are asking me whose record is this? That was Snake Eyes by the main source. Yeah, man, Breaking Adams is the name of the album, 90s hip hop. That's main source. Now, the lead guy that's rapping right there, uh, one of the greatest producers in hip-hop history, his name is Large Professor. Produced a lot of records for Nas's first album and many other artists. But of course, he was a part of a group called Main Source. They only have one out, I think one or two albums. But uh, that one right there was called Breaking Adams and the name of the record is Snake Eyes. I thought it fit the topic I thought it was apropos Mr. Pushover the dark side of being the overly nice guy and I want to ask the questions ladies you're listening do you despise nice guys all the women I talk to say no but then many other women that I talk to say they love the edginess of the of the bad boy They say the bad boy has an edge on him that creates mystique, uh, that that, that creates an interest. Do women start with the bad guy and then grow out of him and into the good guy? 1-800-920-1580. Call me right now. I'm very interested. And do many bad boys fake like the good guy? What does it mean to be overly nice in your understanding? How do you define a nice guy or Mr. Pushover? Hmm? In what ways can being excessively nice be seen as a character flaw? 1-800-920-1580. Can you recall any personal experiences where being overly nice had negative consequences in your relationship? 1-800-920-1580. What are some common misconceptions about being overly nice? How does being overly nice affect 
one's self-esteem and self-worth. Hmm? I'm here to tell you right now, we live in a, in a very spiritually impoverished society. So if you run into a nice person or one who appears to be nice, for the most part, you're going to see if you stick it out that they're not a genuine nice person. Let me explain something to you. When you hear people say, you know, I'm trying to be nice. Then that means you're not a nice person. Either you are nice or you are not. You know, I'm trying to be understanding. Means you're not an understanding person. Either you are understanding or you're not. Well, then someone would argue and say, well, no, my understanding has limits. Then you're not understanding. See, see, conditions are rooted in a payoff. Somebody meme it. Somebody meme it. Zoe, Zoe is in the pulpit tonight. Conditions are rooted in a payoff. See, I'm going to be like this conditionally. I must get something. I must receive something for being this way. Because really, I'm not this way. <laughs> I'm only being this way because I signed up for something. Do you see? And, you know, nice, being nice is not exempt from that kind of thinking. So you have to understand something. Society molded the way you interact and you interface. You say, no, I didn't. My, my household did. No, your household is a part of a society. And, and let's not think from town to town from space to space, that we all think very much differently. We may have some cultural differences, some food differences, but really when you start to talk to folk, they really have this underlining bottom line, I'm here for this, or I'm not here for that. Conditions huh, are rooted in a payoff. I'm conditionally nice. I'm conditionally respectful. I'm conditionally forgiving. So for the most part, when you run into somebody, hell, if, if love is conditional, what makes you think everything else that is slightly beneath love, <laughs> right, isn't conditional? In the realm of relationships, the concept of being overly nice, often associated with being a pushover, can indeed be a double-edged sword. To fully grasp this phenomenon, it is crucial to dissect the nature of being excessively nice and its implications. Firstly, being overly nice implies an excessive and often insincere display of kindness, lacking genuine emotion, depth, or authenticity. Such individuals, commonly referred to as Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Pushover or Mrs. Nice Girl or Mrs. Pushover tend to prioritize others' needs and desires over their own, often to the detriment of their own well-being. The essence of a nice guy or a nice woman lies in his inclination to please, even at the cost of his own happiness. While kindness is a virtue, 
When taken to extremes, it can be perceived as a character flaw. One major issue being excessively nice is the tendency to avoid conflict. See, let me, let me explain something to you. Conflict is necessary for your personal growth. Carl Jung talked about it in terms of relationships. That's how the shadow gets transmuted into light. Light being a euphemism for intelligence, for awareness. This is why the Buddha was called Buddha. His name is Buddha. That wasn't his name in the beginning. That was his name when he became enlightened after sitting under the banyan tree. Buddha, the enlightened one, but he had to go through some conflicts. He had to fight some inner demons. He had to fight some liars. He had to fight some dogma. He had to fight all types of things before he could reach enlightenment. Carl Jung took the same principle and said, your shadow uses relationship conflict to resolve itself. 1-800-920-1580, get to your phone lines. Hmm? So, the overly nice person tries to avoid conflict, leading to suppressed emotions and unexpressed needs. Like We called it unrequited wounds. This avoidance can result in unhealthy power dynamics within a relationship where the overly nice person becomes a pushover, unable to assert their boundaries. And then, when they find the power, many people start to project scenarios and situations that aren't real because now they found a voice and they have to voice themselves at all costs in all situations personal experiences often serve as poignant examples consider a scenario where someone constantly agrees uh, to others demands to avoid confrontation over time This pattern erodes self-esteem and self-worth, reinforcing the belief that one's opinions and desires are unimportant. Are y'all ready for tonight's topic? Are you ready? Are you truly a nice person? I want to hear from callers tonight. And I want you guys to tell me your definition of a nice person. Going out on a date... Does that mean bending over backwards? Does that mean not speaking your truth? And, and listen, we're not talking about being belligerent or disrespectful in the way you talk. Because many people think speaking my truth is about being nasty and mean. Do you know how many men are afraid to hear the word no from a woman? So they perform They tap dance. They soft shoe so that they can get a yes. They perform. They tap dance so that they can get a yes. They are afraid to hear no. Am I lying? Let me find out what she likes. And let me do that. And if I do that, I'm going to get a payoff. You have to understand misconceptions about being overly nice are rampant people may mistake it for genuine kindness when in reality it often stems from a deep-seated fear of rejection or conflict true kindness is sincere and respectful it allows room for honest communication and maintaining healthy boundaries a nice person 
is respectful in spirit. Not just respectful, right, in action. The person who is respectful in action is really fearful. This is why you hear the rappers, I'd rather be respected than love. Because respect, it means to look back. But you have to understand, most people, especially these rappers, they'd rather be respected. They really, they'd rather be feared. If you fear me, then I have control. And many people take that right into their intimate relationships. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Not nice people. A person in a relationship who does not consider you, your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, your desires, your wants, your needs, is not a nice person. A person who can only center on what they want and could devil may care about what you want, is not a nice person, regardless of their tone and delivery. When I come forward, the voice of reason, I'm opening up phone lines. You got to call me. Let's talk about it. <laughs> the VOR is on fire tonight. You know, I'm, I, I always like to push the envelope with the topics. You know, nice people are not <sighs> easy to find. You don't meet a real nice person. A nice person is synonymous with a genuine person, right? Listen to this. Listen to this. You you tell me. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I'm not right about everything. I'm not right about most things. Nice words and nice appearance doesn't always conclude that someone is nice. I believe the nicer you look, the more deceptive you appear. Michael Beasley Johnson. That's a heavy quote. That's a very heavy quote. Some people are real. Some people are good. Some people are fake. And some people are real good at being fake. 1-800-920-1580. So many people are out there tap dancing, wearing a mask, fronting like they're good people. But in reality, they're not. They're not. Fake people don't surprise me anymore. Loyal people do. 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. They're on fire tonight. Let's get our callers in here. Let's get them in here. Atala, Houston, Texas. You've been on the longest. Get in here. Uncle Zoe, how are you? What up, what up, what up? I'm on fire tonight. You know how I do. Get this Monday off. Get Get it going. Talk to me. Well, okay, so one thing I wanted to talk about in regard to dating, right, the Mr. Nice Guy, mm-hmm. I think the reason why, for some of us, why it can be so icky is because if you've been taken advantage of by someone that you thought was nice, then that's going to be a constant reminder, right? So I think that's one thing. I think another thing that people don't consider is their childhood. Mm. If if being nice, if, that, if it was reflected to you that being nice got you hurt or manipulated by your own family or just, you know, overlooked, you're not going to be too keen to partner up with somebody that represents the very thing you've been running from probably your entire life. Mm, interesting. Interesting angle. I like it. So let me ask you a question. Who do you attract mm-hmm. more? 
nice people, genuinely nice people, or, or, or <laughs> the opposite. Mm, neither. I feel like I attract people who need help. <laughs> Whether they're nice or not, I don't even really think about because at the end of the day, you should be using your discernment regardless. Mm. And I think people get more caught up in trying to identify all these signs and nitpick and do all this instead of putting the work on themselves to actually have the discernment mm -hmm. to recognize when someone is not genuine. But don't you get who you are? So if you attract a person that isn't very nice, is that not a reflection of you to some degree? Oh, yes. I definitely think so. Yes, we cooking. Tonight. I think so. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Guess what you just did? I brought Houston in the building. You brought Houston, Texas in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Thank you, Atala, for the call. The phone lines are cracking. Let's get everybody in here. Staying on point, Long Beach. Get in here. Alafia family. Alafia. You brought Southern California in the house. Talk to me. Well, I want to piggyback on what Atala said. She brought us some great points. I believe that you asked earlier what the definition of nice was mm -hmm. or is. Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe that it is a direct reflection of your childhood. Mm. Your environment. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yes, it does have something to do with loyalty, uh, but I believe as we grow into adults, it's just a direct reflection of who you are inside. Mm -hmm. You have to be what you want to receive. Mm -hmm. And you ask Altera, you know, are you attracting these people? And I have encountered that as I grow and better myself, it's like a person being out in the cold and they know that I have the heat. Mm. So they're going to keep coming towards me. Mm, they want something. But yes. yes. But if, like she said, if your spiritual game is not on point, then you're, you're, you're not going to have the discernment. You're not going to have the spiritual eyes to be able to see. Mm. And something that you touched on earlier, um, when you have the person that is taking advantage of your niceness, I'm genuinely a nice person. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, but when people start getting entitled to your niceness, Ooh, I'm entitled that's to your where the Ooh, problem come on. That's where the problem is. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I helped you out on this bill. And now you think that because I quote unquote got it, oh, come on, you know it ain't nothing to you. Mm, don't it do doesn't that. matter whether or not it's nothing to me. Mm. Mm. At some point, you have to stand 10 toes. <laughs> I, I did it out of the kindness of my heart, not out of obligation. And there it is. Ooh, we. We guess what you just did? Staying on point. Long Beach. You Long brought Beach. the LBC in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. I want you to pontificate. 
I want you to ponder. You can let her go now. When I say, if you brought your city in the building, you can hang up. There we go. I'm sorry. Andy's not here. My brother, Kamal, is here. He don't know my rhythm yet, but I love him to death. That's my brother. That's who I started with, man. So if you bring you brought your city in the building, all you got to do is that's all we got to do. Now, let's get back to it. I want you to pontificate. Ponder on this for a second. As a matter of fact, I want to get Kamal's opinion real quick. And then I'm going to go back to the callers. Kamal, your thought on this, this statement right here. Stop texting first and see how many dead plants you've been watering. <laughs> you want another one tonight, man. Uh, I mean, I would say that that summarizes our generation. Nobody mm. wants to text first. Nobody wants to appear as though they're in need of somebody. And when it comes to watering dead plants, um, we can't tell if it's people's genuine disinterest or their ego not having them check up on people. Ooh, we stop texting first and see how many dead plants you've been watering. Heavy stuff. Thank you, Kamal. Let's get these callers in here. Who's been on the longest? Tommy Antioch. Get in here. What's up, my good brother? Hey, man, what are your thoughts on tonight's topic, brother? I honestly used to believe that I was a nice guy. Mm. Until you said something on one of your shows. You said, if you're saying I'm nice as opposed to the years you've known me and what I've done that was could, could be considered nice, then I agree. But there there have been too many definitions of what nice is. Now, if you say as far as dating, that 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 can kind of go, that's a skewed, kind of skewed graph because I've dated women that say, hey, I want a, I want a working guy that does this and does that. You know, just, just, just your average Joe that treats me nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not average by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but if I'm, if I'm, if I check off your list, and I'm supposed to be nice from what you said. What where's the disconnect there? Yeah, part of that could be me. Um, because I'm not perfect. Right. I've I've ruined many a relationship, uh, not being emotionally available and things like that. Mm-hmm. But when I go back to saying I was I thought I was nice, to me being nice was what I saw growing up, my mom. She was just a genuinely nice person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wasn't a, wasn't a pushover. She you know she throwed them things if necessary, but her spirit was just nice. So I inherited that spirit. Um, but also, you know, being a young guy out here in my twenties, I was on a lot of f ish um, with ooh, women. So ooh, 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 tell the truth and shame the devil. Look. Hold tight. I'm going to hold you, brother, and then I'm going to carry you over, and we're going to get your final thought on this. Tommy from Antioch is cooking with truffle oil. When we come forward, more from the Voice of Reason. Ladies and gentlemen, the VOR. You already know what it is. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Hey, man, we, we think over here. We think over here at KBLA Talk 1580. And the voice of reason wants you to think about your relationships. Are you nice? Right? Uh, you know, for something. Do you want something for your niceness? 
It's, it's heavy, man. <laughs> uh, do women not like nice guys? I hear a lot of women say they love us. Nice guys, genuinely nice guys. Ladies, when was the last time you met a genuinely nice man? 1-800-920-1580. Call me, call me, call me. Let's get Tommy from Antioch back on the line. Let's get your final thought on this, good brother. Yeah, um, I think women like what they like in nice guys, and that could be a that could, that varies. Um, for me, to be nice is just to be who you truly are in your heart of hearts. That you don't want anything from that person. You just saw a need, you helped out, and that's all it was. You didn't expect no payment, no no cookies, no nothing. You just you just did it because that's who you are. That's nice. So niceness could be categorized as unforced reciprocal appreciation. Yes. To me, that's nice, right? I appreciate you. I enjoy you. I respect you. And I don't want anything from this, right? And typically when you don't want for anything, when you don't chase things... They tend to come to you because they are what you are. Do you see? This, you, you hear me say this all the time. You get what you are in a relationship. If you become love, you receive it without asking for it, right? I agree. Yeah, man. I appreciate the call. Tommy from Antioch, you brought your city in the building. Look, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. We're running through these callers. Let's get them. Who's next? Battle Creek, Michigan. Legend in the house. Come on in here, Heru Ali. What are your thoughts on niceness? Peace and love to the family nations. Honor us all. Honor us all. I am, um, you know, in this cosmic container that we call a a body uh i have driven myself into a a lot of asteroid belts (laughs) you know what i'm saying uh that that wasn't it wasn't really a good situation right but that was out of ignorance Mm -hmm. now you know being nice is, is subjective right everybody don't deserve the same version of you how how would I do, just like Willie D said, I'm not a, a mother-loving nice guy. I'm not a gentleman. Well, that was, that was partly true as far as it relates to me. Because if we're talking about the connotation versus the denotation, oftentimes I found myself operating out of the etymological definition of the word nice. Oh, you mean like the which fool? Was, which was out <laughs> of ignorance. Silly. Stupid, oh, yeah, absolutely. Simple, needy, yeah. poor, ignorant. I, 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 ignorant. Absol- absolutely. Frivolous. Thinking I was more mature than what I actually was. Mm. Thinking that I had enough life experience, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's real easy to say, you know, one plus one is two. You know, that's generally accepted. But do, do you know that one plus one could be two, three, four, five? In, in intimate relationships, you know, there's such thing as sextuplets, <laughs> twins, right, and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, well, again, everybody doesn't deserve that. I am. Uh, I would describe myself as altruistic 
and selective what who I uh, give my my altruism to. Mm. My whole life has been a life of of sacrifice, willing to sacrifice my life to save strangers. Where where they say no greater love. Uh-huh. It was just a burning instinct. So yeah, the nice guy. Of course, when I was a nice guy, of course I got uh, run over, taken for granted. Folks even try and take advantage of me now, and there's no way in hell I'm going <laughs> to let them do that now. But they still will try you. And when I was a liar, well, no, we're all liars to a certain certain degree. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Where we are, or it's ubiquitous. Yes. But when I, when I intentionally told lies to try and get myself in between some thighs. Always, it never it, works. It, it always backfires in well, some here's kind the of thing. It, it it always was a good thing. When I was being in a, a relationship, uh, espionage. Oh, no. I see what you're saying. you saying when you was being Dirty Dan, you were more Running attractive. Dan. I got you. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I hear you. Yes. But, but when I made folks, when I set boundaries for myself, it's like, no, I'm not going to accept this behavior. No, I'm not going to completely cater to you because... <laughs> I can recognize in you that you have an unrealistic expectation of relationship and what maybe I deserve. No, no, No. you you don't deserve nothing. It's like I often ask women, I said, do you want equal rights minus equal responsibility? You know what the overwhelming majority would say? We want equal rights without equal responsibility. Yes, because you know what they say. Oh, well, that's a man's job, taking out the trash. It's not. But wait a minute. I thought that y'all could do everything that a man could do. There's no gender roles. Mm. Listen, that there's no such thing in my experience, almost 50 years of a wage gap. And the example that I give is in the military, there are two different physical standards that you, you had to pass the physical uh fitness test was lower for women but we all got the same pay as a nurse as a firefighter we all got the same pay i don't understand this wage gap and all that stuff but in spite of all of that y'all do know for whatever reason they let military age uh so illegal immigrants in this country you know what I'm saying? Like, you, they, you do know that with that COVID shot and, and, the, and the 2,000% increase in myocarditis in our military fighting forces. Wait, uh, okay. wait, hold on, hold on. So, here we go. Legendary Hebrew Ali. He gonna cover COVID. He gonna he gonna talk about the military pay, feminism. He gonna talk about everything and wrap it into being nice. Look, when we come forward, I'm going back to Battle Creek, Michigan, to get his final thought. Legendary James Brown. Man, James was on fire. Just like the voice of reason is on fire tonight. I want to talk to you guys tonight. We got a very heavy topic. Misconceptions about being overly nice. You know, like I said before, many people may mistake 
being nice or being genuine, uh, you know, as a weakness. But not if it's who you really are. And if you notice, many nice people, especially living in a world like the one we live in today, you find that many genuinely nice people become jaded because they have been taken advantage of. They have been crucified at their job, crucified in their relationships. Wow, this is very, very heavy. I want to know what you guys think. Do women really like the nice guy? Or not? You tell me. The number to dial, 1-800-920-1580. Let's get Ali from Battle Creek, Michigan back in to give us his final thought. Ali! Yes, sir. Yeah, you we back. Okay, now I want you to focus. <laughs> yes, I got to focus on 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 what we're talking about. You ready? Absolutely. Nice. Yes, sir. <laughs> nice. You, you know what a nice guy is, or a nice gal is. What? It's someone who can guide you from bombs being dropped on your head. That's a nice person. Is that but a, you know what? Wait, conversely, is that a, go ahead. wait? Is that a skilled person or a nice person? You, you don't have to be skilled to. If I know the safe route, I, I can be. You know, what I'm saying mentally defective. But if I know the safe route to get away from danger, ain't that nice? But isn't that usury? Like I only, I only got with you because I knew you knew the way out of here. Well, listen, desperate times is desperate measures because the day before, the the day before (laughs) when I was trying to quote unquote be nice to you and say hello, you, you, you tilted your nose up at me. But when the bomb started to drop and I said, listen, I know the way to safety, all of that, which you thought that made you lift your nose up at me and not even consider me. You see what I'm saying? Nobody loves a soldier until the enemy is at the gate. Oh, here we go. And I will will leave it. I will leave it there. Peace and love to the family (laughs) and nation. Please stay safe and stay dangerous. And guess what? Don't think that what's happening over there. There's not something. There's not sleeper cell stuff going on in here. You better stay strapped and stay dangerous. Peace and love. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate the call. Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. I see my homeboy Sean in here. We're going to get to Sean in a second. Uh, hey, Sean, don't think I'll be leaving you on hold for long. Just trust me, man. I'm going to try to get to you as ASAP. We just get in the callers who've been on the longest. So hang in there with me, Sean. In the realm of romantic relationships, the archetype of the nice guy often emerges. However, it is essential to delve deeper into the dynamics of being overly nice and its potential impact on relationships. This show, tonight's show, aims to explore the reasons why being overly nice can be a character flaw, examining its effects on the dynamics of boundaries, communication, Emotional expression, reciprocity, conflict management, and personal fulfillment. I'll get into each one of those after I get these callers up in here. Let's go, man. <laughs> My man, Heru Ali, Lord have mercy. Here we go. Nzinga, Pensacola, Florida. Get in here. 
Hey, good evening. Good hey, evening. Hey, so, hey, great hey, topic. Hey. Thank How you. How are you? I'm alive and well. Still pushing. Um, this is a good. Amen. Now, you had asked us to bring up the. Oh, am I echoing? No, you good. No. Okay, so you had asked us to mention the dark side of the relationship as a person. Um, do they accept or like your dark side? So I just want to remind you of that. But I wanted to say that I've always felt like a lot of people are not used to being treated well. Mm-hmm. So when you come across somebody who may be nice, you almost begin to treat them like a mark. Ooh. So, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, get what I can from them and use them. Oh, but also that's on the what flip it is. Side, oh, wait a minute. I hear it. Maybe your yes, maybe sir. your volume on what you're listening to is still up. All you have to do is turn it down, and you should be good. Yeah. Can you? Is that better? You're perfect now. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, finish your thought. Go ahead. So I was saying sometimes they can be almost viewed as a mark, mm. but on the other side of that, sometimes the the niceness is rolled out. To set you up for the expectation, mm. you know, I'm gonna be nice to you because it will garner these results. It's almost like a people pleasing, mm-hmm. and I'm familiar with that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but but you know what? I'm about to hit you with another one. Okay. The genuinely nice person is also still a work in progress, and still mm. has work to do internally, and may hurt you. So do you see what happened? So watch a mistake, an infraction, a lack of discipline, anything that that nice person, that genuinely nice person is working through within themselves, they can hurt you. And when they hurt you, it becomes exceedingly difficult to differentiate between a fake nice person and the true genuine nice person who just so happened to hurt you process that so could setting up a boundary could setting up a boundary being a nice person and they finally say no because i i don't i think no to a nice person is a you know is a foreign language not to a nice person so because a nice person respects boundaries mm, A, a fake nice person puts a time limit on the boundary you set for them how long we got to do this Ooh. Well, I was speaking something to think about, right? Sometimes nice people, yeah, but sometimes nice people don't have boundaries and they don't know how to say no. 100%. 100% true. So if, if I begin to, or the nice person begins to say no, then they may be viewed as fake. Hmm. The nice person? Yeah. If you don't speak up for yourself, are you being true? No. All right, then. <laughs> you answered the question. Do you see? Okay. That's yeah. fire. Some, But see, learning to speak up for yourself, finding your voice, right? Learning how, see, once you find, sometimes finding your voice is like winning the lottery, you know, mm-hmm. or, or a young kid going into the NFL and getting that first million dollar check and blowing it. Do you see? Sometimes you have to learn how to utilize your voice once you find it. Because if you haven't had a voice for a long time and then you find it, sometimes you can sling your voice around and actually hurt people. 
because you've never had a voice before. So now, once you find your voice, you have to learn how to effectively use your voice to speak your truth without harming or, dis, uh, or, or harming or disrespecting the people you're talking to. But we live in a society where, guess what? Hurting people, you get paid for that. There's a payoff. You feel good about hurting people. In this society. But hurt people hurt people. Yeah. You don't get to hurt me without me hurting you. And when I hurt you, I'm going to hurt you worse then you hurt me. That's that's the norm here. <laughs> Correct? Yeah. The one up, yes. Yeah, the one upsmanship is real. Nzinga, guess what you just did? I brought Pensacola in the building. You brought Pensacola, Florida in the building. Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Get ready, get ready, get ready. When I come forward, the voice of reason is going back to the phone lines. We got... AJ from Houston, Texas. Texas is back in the building. Houston is back in the building. Houston loves the voice of reason. And we also got the OG, the legend, the homie, married for 30 some odd years, been doing it for a long time. Sean from Oakland, California. Again, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1 800 920 Part of the reason that people go watch anti-heroes and villains is because there's a part of them crying out for the incorporation of the monster within them, which is what gives them strength of character and self-respect. It's impossible to respect yourself until you grow teeth. And if you grow teeth, then you realize that you're somewhat dangerous and or maybe somewhat seriously dangerous and then you might be more willing to demand that you treat yourself with respect and other people do the same thing and so that doesn't mean that being cruel is better than not being cruel what it means is that being able to be cruel and then not being cruel is better than not being able to be cruel because in the first case you're nothing but weak and naive and in the second case you're dangerous but you have it under control and, you know, a lot of martial arts concentrate on exactly that as part of their philosophy of training. It's like, we're not training you to fight. We're training you to be peaceful and awake and avoid fights. But if you happen to have to get in one, and, and I guess the philosophy also is, is that if you're competent at fighting, that actually decreases the probability that you're going to have to fight because when someone pushes you, you'll be able to respond with confidence and with any luck, and this is certainly the case with bullies, with any luck, a reasonable show of confidence, which is very much equivalent to a show of dominance, is going to be enough to make the bully back off. And so the strength that you develop in your monstrousness is actually the best guarantee of peace. And that's partly why Jung believed that it was necessary for people to integrate their shadow and he said that was a terrible thing for people to attempt because the human shadow, which is all those things about yourself that you don't want to realize, reaches all the way to hell. And what he meant by that was it's through an analysis of your own shadow that you can come to understand why other people are capable, and you as well, of the sorts of terrible atrocities that characterized, let's say, the 20th century. And without that understanding, there's no possibility of bringing it under control. When you study Nazi Germany, for example, or you study the Soviet Union, particularly under Stalin, and you're asking yourself, well, what are these perpetrators like? Forget about the victims. Let's talk about the perpetrators. The answer is, they're just like you. 
And if you don't know that, that just means that you don't know anything about people, including yourself. And then it also means that you have to discover why they're just like you. And believe me, that's no picnic. So that's enough to traumatize people and that's partly why they don't do it. And it's also partly why the path to enlightenment and wisdom is seldom trod upon because if it was all a matter of following your bliss and doing what made you happy, then everyone in the world would be a paragon of wisdom, but it's not that at all. It's, the, it's a matter of facing the thing you least want to face. There's this old story in King Arthur where the knights go off to look for the Holy Grail which is either the cup that Christ drank out of at the Last Supper or the cup into which the blood that gushed from his side was poured when he was crucified. The stories vary, but it's, it's basically a holy object like the phoenix in some sense that's representation, a representation of transformation. It's an ideal and so King Arthur's knights who sit at a round table because they're all roughly equal go off to find the most valuable thing. And where do you look for the most valuable thing when you don't know where it is? Well, each of the knights looks at the forest surrounding the castle and enters the forest at the point that looks darkest to him. And that's a good thing to understand because the gateway to wisdom and the gateway to the development of personality, which is exactly the same thing, is precisely through the portal that you do not want to climb through. And the reason for that is actually quite technical. Oh! The union <laughs> Jordan Peterson is on absolute fire. So you see where the fake nicety comes from? Being nice gets me honey. It gets me sugar. If I, if, 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 if I integrate the truth of who I really am, that's going to push people away. I don't want to push people away. I want to pull people in. So I, I'm a smile and I'm a grin. And I'm a front like I'm cool with you. But really I'm not. Really, I'm not. Behind this smile and behind this warmth, right, <laughs> is the monster that wants to come out that I suppress. <sighs> you think it's real. It's fake warmth. Do you know people have mastered being able to be warm? Do you know people have mastered being able to be kind at the drop of a dime when they see an opportunity when they see a means to an end for themselves. Right? A lot of men. I'm going to take you to the best restaurant. I'm going to buy you whatever you want. I'm going to treat you uh, according to everything I listened to you say that you liked. I'm going to jump through hoops. I'm a pop lock. I'm a moonwalk. I'm going to do it all. Listen, the person that loves you tolerates that darkness listen to what I said I didn't say tolerate the abuse I didn't say tolerate the disrespect but when you are with another human being and you understand that they are a mirror of your incomplete work I'm talking about relationships now listen to me I'm not talking about prisons where somebody got to fight every day with their partner. I'm not talking about abusive people. You run from those people. I'm talking about the person who wakes up the wound in you. The person who wakes up the generational curse in you. That's, that's who I'm talking about. And you wake it up in them. 
and you struggle with each other while loving each other. Oh, yeah. You got to untie those knots. And being fake nice during the process is only going to belay it. We don't want to belay the process. We want to lean into the process of healing what relationship, the, the environment of it, the vehicle of it. We want to heal what the relationship vehicle has revealed. Not in sign up for this. I don't want to do this all the time. Nah, there's, there's work to be done. We ain't got to do it all the time, but we definitely have to do it sometime. Wax on, wax off. Callers, get in here. AJ from Houston, Texas, I need to talk to you. What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Hey, how you doing? Yes, sir. I'm a big fan. I feel like you just hit it on the head, though. It's, it's something I put in the chat, but it was they 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 want commitment under false pretense, and it's it's almost entitlement that I feel it, that is the the cause of this. Okay, if I if I perform in a way that fits their definition of of what nice is, then according to my ego, then I should feel I should feel entitled to them fulfilling my needs. But that's really me avoiding confronting them or directly asking them to to fulfill my needs in whatever facet I see. I agree with you, brother. I agree with you. But let me ask you a question. Uh, have you found yourself performing nice? Be you know <laughs> the nice performance, the nice tap dance and Sean call back in here. Stop hanging up. Stop calling and hanging up, Sean. Get back in here. Now. AJ have you found yourself performing, Mr. Nice? Definitely. I uh and and it was that moment of realization is when you you start to realize, okay, I've I've really been a, a coward. I've been yeah, afraid to show who I really am because I'm trying to maximize my my potential candidates potential candidates. Um mm-hmm. And, and like you said, avoid scaring away any potential uh, person or opportunity that I could, I hate to use the word, but exploit. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, brother. I'm walking this walk with you. Continue to unpack that thought. It's, it's that, that, that same realization that then sparked my, my complete 180 in, in terms of how I, I enter and how I interact with women is <laughs> it, you have an obligation to be your true authentic self because I think you had just mentioned they they the person that's really for you will will tolerate the the shadow side of you but that's that's not for them to tolerate your deceit. Wait, let's get deeper. Let's go deeper. I'm a, I'm gonna read something to you, and then I want your response. Mm-hmm. Kindness is doing what you can, where you are, with what you have. That's by uh, uh, our activists. I want to read it again. Kindness mm-hmm. is doing what you can, where you are, 
with what you have. Your thoughts on that? I, I, I agree with that definition wholeheartedly. Is um, a term I came across called the covert contract. Is okay. Well, if I if I disrespect my boundaries, if I overextend myself, then you, my my partner, would then have an obligation to also disregard their boundaries and. I feel like this the defrauding the relationship and that's it's, it's sabotaging the 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 relationship in the end. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it, brother. I love it. Let me tell you what you just did. Do you know what you just did, AJ? <laughs> what I brought HTX, huh? You brought H Town in the building. Houston, don't play with the voice of reason. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1 800 920 1580. But somebody else in the South said they had something to say. Somebody else in the South said, nah, Houston ain't finna run this. We about to get in here and speak on this as well. Dre from Baton Rouge, get up in here, Louisiana. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm on fire tonight. How you doing, man? I'm doing, man. I'm tons in the tons in the chat. Thank you, brother. But there's a thin line between kind and nice. Talk to me. And we tend to lean towards nice because you can fake nice. I don't think you can fake kind. Ooh, come on. You know, because whenever we would rent movies, you go to Blockbuster or your local mom and pop movie rental place. They always had a sticker either on the on the tape or on the box that said, Be kind, rewind. Mm-hmm. It's an act. It's, mm-hmm. it's not an act, but you know, it, it's, it's, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Because you're taking the time to rewind it to not put that pressure on them. And like, for instance, going to a store. If you walk into a store and there's an elderly person behind you and you in front, you open the door, you let them in first. That's kind. Mm-hmm. Now, holding the door because you see a fine chick getting out of her car a hundred steps away and you holding the door, you're being nice and being a fool at the same time. Mm. Mm. Only my opinion. No, I hear you, brother. And your opinion is valuable here, man. Guess what you just did? I brought it in the building. You brought Baton Rouge in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me. 1-800-920-1580. The voice of reason is on complete fire tonight. When I come forward, you think I'm going to give up? No, I'm going to keep my foot on the pedal. You already know what I like to do. Let's talk about it. Welcome to today's episode and today what we're going to be looking at is why nice guys finish last. Now, it is a known thing, nice guys finish last, women hate nice guys, women hate nice guys, blah, blah, blah. Here's the reality, women do not hate nice men. That's just not true. But what we do dislike is men who lack masculinity. Now, a lot of nice guys tend to be men who also lack other masculine traits that women find attractive. And what they do is they blame their nice nature as to why they have no success with women, when really it has nothing to do with their niceness, but everything to do with their lack of masculinity. And it's quicker and easier to blame it on your nice nature. But really, if you take a man who is super, super nice, but he's still masculine, he's still risk-taking, he's still a leader, he still uh, has boundaries. When you take a man who still has masculine traits and is nice, he ends up having hyper success with women but when you take a man who's nice by default 
because he can't exercise his masculinity. He can't say no. He can't set boundaries. He can't exert his dominance. Of course, women are not going to find that attractive. And it's just quicker and easier for a guy to say women hate nice guys. But if you replace that with women hate femininity, women hate people pleasers, then you're onto something. And the reality is women, and I think it's men as well, I think nice women finish last as well. Nice girls get treated terribly compared to difficult women. If you look at their overall investment that they receive from a man, they get, get treated terribly in comparison. Because there's something about people pleasers that turns us off. It turns men and women off. Because what happens when you're being nice is the difference between being nice and being a good guy is a nice guy desexualizes himself. And how he desexualizes himself is by foregoing what he truly wants for the sake of peace and harmony. So what he will do is a nice guy might feel uncomfortable with the situation, might not like something that's going on, might be uncomfortable, might feel distaste, whatever it is. But because he doesn't want confrontation, he will sacrifice truth in order to gain harmony. But what the reality is, women are attracted to some. Oh, 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 Lord, she was cooking. We, we I don't know what happened. We lost the rest. Of wow. She was on fire. What was her name? What is her name, Kamal? Sadia. Sadia. Let the Sadia psychology. She cooked with the rarest truffle oil. Oh, I loved every bit of it. Do you agree or disagree with what she said? Tonight we're talking about the dark side of being overly nice. And I played that clip because a lot of times, so you know, listen. The Voice of Reason is known as a fair and balanced show. We do not let the men gang up on the women. We do not let the women gang up on the men. It is a fair show. And I played that clip because she brought a very unique perspective to the game. And that is, it has nothing to do with niceness. You've lost your masculine growl. You've lost your internal edge. The edge that makes you masculine. Who agrees or disagrees with that? 1-800-920-1580. Call in if you have a problem with Sadia psychology. Who do we have on the line? We got KC from New Jersey. Join this national discussion, brother. Talk to me. Hello? Yes, sir. You're on the line. Talk to me. You're live. Hey, brother. What's up, I mean, good to me, it sounded like it almost sounded like to me that that she almost like made like a conflict between the white knight and the person with good character. And I, I just got in the house. I just I just logged in. I, I, I'm looking at the title. Am I on the right lines? But like, but what you say? What you see tonight? So we're talking about being overly nice in relationships okay. and how sometimes. The nice guy, or many times, this is the perception or the presumption that many times the nice guy finishes last. So let me give you just a quick primer, right? Just, just a quick primer so you can get a, 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 an understanding of what we're talking about. While being nice is generally considered a positive trait, being overly nice in relationships can have detrimental effect on those same romantic relationships. It can disrupt 
power dynamics. It can hinder effective communication. It can erode boundaries. It can suppress authentic emotions and communications. And it can lead to a lack of personal fulfillment, recognizing the potentials uh, the potential pitfalls of being overly nice is crucial for fostering healthy and balanced relationships where both partners' needs are respected, valued, and tended to. So when you're being overly nice, sometimes you forget to look out for yourself. You forget to take care of yourself. You forget to dial into yourself because you're trying to keep what you got because there might be a fear of being rejected by it or losing it altogether. Do you understand where we are now? Um, quick question. So is being overly nice the same as how you were framed as toxic positivity? Toxic positivity is a little bit different in the sense that when bad things happen, everything going to be all right. Everything, just, you know, just just kind of handle it. It's, everything going to work its way out. That's toxic positivity. <laughs> toxic positivity is not looking at the moment for what it really is. Like, look, you got stage four, buddy. And unless there's a miracle, unless there's a miracle herb somewhere in Madagascar <laughs> that they can get to you, no disrespect. I'm just saying, like, say, right, right. this is what it is, right? Toxic positivity is nah, 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 nah. That's, that's a kind of toxic positivity, right? Now, that isn't to knock herbs, because guess what? Many herb regimens... Right. If you catch it early enough, can reverse those effects. I'm not a doctor, but I got a powerful herbologist and I used to be down with Dr. Sabi, too. And I'm going to tell you right now, you get in there, you start cleansing early, catch it early, get get active. Now, if you try to do it late, it's going to be a problem. Your your thoughts? You understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But I'm just like Normally, I would catch it from the beginning, but I just got back in the house. But um, I, I'm, I guess I'm going to have, like, one more question. So, um, within the, the looking at the, the title, is the overly nice guy genuinely nice? Or is he nice for the payoff? That's exactly what we're talking about. And I'm about to ask you, haven't you been a super nice guy to get what you want from women? Absolutely. 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 And doesn't the same... Uh, practice work on you when they super nice to you you tend to just melt like <laughs> margarine tell the truth yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you make this go both ways like you said yeah. so when do you recognize that that niceness is playing you unfortunately it's when you don't get what you want unfortunately that's because when you, when you, hey, I've been that person who's like, you know what I'm saying? Would you feel like the so-called nice gesture to just be naturally reciprocated? When you don't seem reciprocated, you get angry because you feel like you were kind of entitled to that. Wow. Wow. So the only way to know if nice is not working is if you don't get what your objective was, right? <laughs> Within that context. <laughs> but then, but but it goes back to what we said. Like, is that person genuinely nice? The, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you met a genuinely nice person? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> K 
can you at least say yourself? Can you say, I know me? I don't know. I didn't hear the confidence in the. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was at least raised in good faith to try to put others before myself first, and you know, try to try to be the put the selfishness on the background. But that doesn't mean that I haven't slipped to the dark side before. I got you. I got you. We've all been on the dark side. KC, guess what you just did? I brought Jersey in the building. You brought New Jersey in the building. This is a national conversation. If you want to bring your city in the building, you know the routine. All you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. When I come forward, I'm going to Austin, Texas. One of our favorite callers is in the house, Reggie from Austin, Texas. But hold tight. When we come forward, we're going to talk to this brother because he always cooks. Texas is running this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, your brother, your friend, the voice of reason, live on KBLA. Yo, we had to start Monday off with a banger, and we got it. I wish I could have come out to uh, the Taste of Soul on Saturday, but it was entirely too many people. And COVID is back in the building. COVID is like, ha ha! Hey! So I was like, hmm. And then, where am I going to park? It was 9,784,000,000. quadrillion. It was just too many people. So I, I just... And you know what's weird about me is I drove down here like at 10 in the morning before everything got going. And I was able to see and look around and I was like, oh, it's about to be crazy. So I was like, nah. Nope. Back to the crib. <laughs> but I'm sorry. But... The Voice of Reason is back here. It's Monday. And, of course, I got a fire topic. And I got a fire caller on the line. We're talking about Mr. Pushover, the pitfalls of being overly nice. And one of my favorite callers is in the building from Austin, Texas. This is like our third or fourth call from the great state of Texas. Now it's Austin's mm. turn. Reggie, talk to me, good brother. What's up, though? Man, it's, uh, it's good to talk to you. Yeah, man. Talk to me, man. What's going on? I think there's a difference between being kind and being nice. Um, I I don't think I'm a I'm a nice guy. I think I'm a, I'm a kind man, mm. and I'm probably a kind man because I don't take a lot of this stuff seriously. Mm. I don't take it seriously because all of this stuff goes, money goes, um, relationships go, all of this stuff goes. It's all temporary. The only thing that's real, the only thing that's lasting is your character. Mm. And that that lasts. So I may come off as overly nice because I don't care about this frivolous stuff. I care about very few things. Um, and so whether I get what I want or not, I mean, I had a pretty good life. You know what I'm saying? I had a pretty good life. Like, if I have to check a box, whether it was good or not, mm-hmm. I'm checking a good box all day. Right. Let me um, ask you this. Let me ask you this. So, yeah. Would you say that your character can only be challenged by your shadow? Absolutely. Yeah. Talk and that me. shadow comes when you don't get what you want. Right. Um, yeah, and, and that's a struggle, you know, that's, that's life struggle. 
Mm. But I know that every struggle don't last. Mm. I mean, every storm runs out of rain. That's just real. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So you just take it and just be what you are, man. Be who you are. That's good stuff, man. You already know. That's it, man. You already know how I feel about you, brother. You got a seat at the table anytime. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Guess what he just did? He brought Austin, Texas. Are you going to bring your city? I don't know if you got enough time to do it, but we appreciate the call. Thank you so much for reaching out. Reggie, Austin, Texas. Let's get into this. Mr. Pushover. The pitfalls of being overly nice. In the pursuit of kindness and ambiguity, let me just, in the pursuit of kindness, individuals can uh, sometimes fall into the trap of being overly nice. A characteristic often characterized uh, as an overlooked flaw, right? Some people may, may not even see that as a flaw. While kindness is undoubtedly a virtue, when taken to extremes, it can lead to detrimental consequences in personal relationships and of course personal development the perceived despise for the nice guy society often portrays the nice guy as someone who finishes last however it's not about despising kindness but about recognizing when niceness becomes a hindrance or when niceness is a performance do you understand when it's not real Hey, is somebody on the line? We got somebody on. Okay, because I can hear them. I'm sorry. We got Jonathan from North Carolina. Jonathan, just come on in here because I, I heard everything. You got to turn your radio down. Hey. Whatever in the background is playing. My whole life down. Hey, man, your whole life. Turn your life down, brother. I was like, where is that coming from? Talk to me, Jonathan. What are your thoughts? Um, The Mr. Nice Guy dilemma is one that we've kind of been programmed from childhood to be con- to be considered a gentleman. Mm-hmm. So our mothers, our grandmothers, the women that rear us kind of condition us into this nice guy condition. Mm. And they teach us that to be pleasant in the face of unpleasantness is a of, of, of value hmm. when it's really counter to our masculinity because if I'm being attacked mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm being assaulted um, even on the lowest level just passively mm-hmm. your natural reaction and I see it even in, like, my grandchildren. If you take their blocks, they're ready to fight. Mm. <laughs> you got to teach them not to do that is what you're saying. You gotta, right. You got to socialize them to, no, don't do that. Play nice. Share. Uh, give him one. You take one. So and you wait a minute. So this is, this is deep. This is deep, Jonathan. You're putting... Being the nice guy under the category of pretense. Exactly. Ooh, go ahead, go ahead. Because the child doesn't want to share. Mm-hmm. You gave the child those blocks for Christmas. 
he knows that all 64 of them are his. And he's built in the 64-block tower. Mm. And he doesn't want to share. Because he wants to complete his 64-block tower. Mm-hmm. Unabated with his stuff. Mm-hmm. So now we've taken that from him. That which we gave to him with no pretense. Mm. We didn't say, oh, look, these blocks are for you and for your cousin. No. We gave them to him and said, here, have fun. So now he's having fun, and the cousin comes over, and we have to interrupt the fun. And it conditions us to accept unacceptable terms. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are my blocks until somebody shows up. Oh, I got to be nice to you in public. I got to take the argument that I want to have right now, internalize it, let it turn into something else, and take it home and have it. Hey, listen, man, I don't know where you calling from, but let me tell you, you are absolutely cooking. I hope somebody is cooking for you. Listen, man, you should have called in earlier so we could have let you get this whole rant off because you on fire tonight, brother. I appreciate the call, man. You brought North Carolina in the building. Yo, that's it for us tonight. When we come forward, you're going to get Jill Monroe. You're going to get Jill Monroe and her RSVP show. Of course, it's on fire. She's going to keep the fire lit. I appreciate that, brother. And guess what? I'll be back in here tomorrow with another slapper. Deuces!